verse 23. I don't know if I'm going to preach anything new this morning to you at all, but it's definitely going to be preaching Jesus Christ. I'm going to preach Jesus Christ. You can't hear enough about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but uh, I noticed this in my Bible reading uh, one time, and I marked it down, and the Lord's laid on my heart to preach it, and it's amazing where you see, you see Jesus Christ all through the Old Testament. If you're looking for him, you'll find him. He's in there. It's amazing. And all the types of Jesus Christ are all mixed in there. But look at Exodus chapter 15, verse 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. Now, that Hebrew word Mara means bitterness. And what, uh, what they were doing is they were coming out from Egypt. Moses is leading the nation of Israel out of Egypt. God's delivered them with the plagues. And they're coming out of Egypt. And they're heading towards the promised land. And when they come out, out of the promised land, they come to this place that had bitter waters. And they couldn't drink the waters because they were so bitter. The waters were so bitter. So they named the place Mara. And verse 24, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? They started complaining. You're going to see this is something that goes all through the book of Exodus, through the book of Numbers. They just complain and murmur and complain about God and complain about Moses. That's all these people were, were like, and we can be like that. We can turn and be like that. We can get to where we murmur and complain about every little thing and gossip behind people's back and complain about this and complain about that. And uh, Sometimes you just need to learn to enjoy life, you know, and, and stop being so bitter and uh, stop being so unhappy about things. Well, that's what they were doing with Moses. What shall we drink? Verse 25. And he cried, talking about Moses, he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved it. He cried unto the Lord, and the Lord says, Moses, I want to show you a tree. And he took Moses out, and he showed him this tree, and Moses took of this tree, and when he threw this part of this tree into the waters, those bitter waters became sweet. God wants to show you a tree this morning. And when you come to this tree, it's going to make all your bitterness sweet. It's going to make the bitter water sweet. And that tree has got a man hanging on it. That tree's got a man hanging on it. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. That tree that God wants to show you. It says there that the Lord showed him a tree. So the, the Bible says there in verse 25, the Lord showed him a tree. I believe the Lord wants to show you a tree this morning. And what's special about this tree, it's a special tree when the Lord starts to bring you to this tree to show it to you. That What makes this tree so special, it has a man hanging on it. And as you draw closer to this tree, you'll see a man hanging on this tree. Now turn to Acts chapter 10. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 10. We're going to be there for a little while this morning. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. As God shows you this tree, and as you approach this tree that God has for you this morning that He wants to show you, you'll notice on this tree that there's a man hanging on it. You know, this Bible's a unique book. It's a special book. And when you think about what all God has for us and what all God has for us, for His people and what all God has for the world. The God, doesn't, God doesn't want to show the world a golden statue. God doesn't want to show the world a golden throne. 
The God doesn't want to show God doesn't want to show the world some miraculous thing you could think of. God simply wants to show the world a tree. And he wants the world to come to this tree and he wants to show the world a tree. And when you get to this tree, in the world, when you get to this tree, you look up and this tree has a man hanging on it. That's the weirdest thing you could think of. This isn't a pretty sight. Look at verse 38, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Peter's called by the Holy Ghost to go preach to the Gentiles, to Cornelius. And as he shows up at Cornelius' house and God's pressuring Peter to preach to the Gentiles, Peter starts in on the preaching on the sermon of the Gentiles. Look at verse 34 just to give you context. Look at verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons. See, Peter's getting shown something by God. Peter... Peter's getting shown that it's not just salvation for the Jews. God's sending salvation to the Gentiles, to this man Cornelius. Salvation's just not for the white people. Salvation's just not for a certain high-class Jew. Salvation's for the blacks, for the Gentiles, for the Scottish, for the Irish, for the Spanish, for the Hispanics, for the Orientals. Salvation God has for everybody. He's not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of the clothes you wear. He's not a respecter of the job you have. He's not a respecter of the the upbringing you were brought into. God loves the poor. As a matter of fact, God has an attitude about rich people. And you get that when you read through the Word of God. He's not a respecter of persons. And it says there at verse 35, But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. God's looking for the righteous people. Verse 36, The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Amen, he is. 37, that word which I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began with Galilee, excuse me, began from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things, of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Whom they slew and hanged on a tree. When you approach this tree that God wants to show you this morning, as you approach this tree that He wants everybody in the world to approach and see, He said, the Bible said, the Lord showed him a tree. As you approach this tree, you'll see a man hanging on it. But this isn't just any man, (laughs) this is a very special man. Look up at verse 38. This man hanging on the tree, it says, How God anointed Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. This man, first and foremost, that's hanging on this tree that God wants you to see is a Jew. Jesus of Nazareth, of Jerusalem. He's a Jew. As you approach this man and you see this man hanging on a tree, he's a Jew. He's not a Gentile, he's a Jew. There's men, men I've talked to that try, I've tried to lead to the Lord. They simply won't receive Jesus Christ simply because he's a Jew. That's how much hatred they have in their heart towards the Jew. But God's showing you this tree and the man hanging on this tree is a Jew. And not only is he a Jew, he's the son of God. Amen. It says there that he, how God anointed. He's got the Holy Spirit on him. It's God manifesting the flesh. It's the son of God hanging on a tree. This is not just any man hanging on the tree. This is the Son of God, a Jew, hanging on a tree. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. 
This is a very special man that's not only a Jew, not only the Son of God. This man had power. Man, you read about Jesus Christ as he walked along it. He had power to calm the sea and the wind and the waves and say, Peace, be still. And they were still with the word. Jesus Christ could simply say, I am he. And men would fall back just by saying a couple of words. This man had power with his words. This man could raise the dead with the word, Lazarus, come forth. And that man came forth. This is not only a man that's hanging on a tree that's a Jew. He's a son of God with power. This is a very special man that God wants you to see hanging on this tree. He's full of the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. This is not only a man that's powerful. He's a good man. That's, a, good, that's a, a really good testimony of Jesus Christ that the lost world, I don't care if you're an atheist, I don't care what you think about Jesus Christ, there's one thing you have to admit about Jesus Christ, he was a good man. Amen. Jesus Christ, you can make fun of and they do. They say all the most wicked and evil things about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They speak evil of him, they speak wickedly of him. But when you look at the actions of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he did nothing but good. He went around healing the good. He did good for people. He fed 5,000 people. He fed 4,000 people at one time. He was feeding people. He was healing people. He was going about doing good. This is not only a man that's powerful, not only the son of God. This is a good man hanging on a tree. You got to get that. And what, you don't get, what people don't get is when they start looking into and investigating some of the other religious leaders down through history, they weren't very good men. They weren't very good men. Amen, they weren't very good men. I don't have to tell you the secrets and stuff of Muhammad. It's out there for you to investigate of Buddha, of Gandhi. They, they love to praise Gandhi. That man was wicked. Look it up. He's laying with little girls, naked, laying with little girls. The guy was wicked. Look all this stuff up. Hey, Jesus Christ was never accused of anything like that. Jesus Christ was a good man. And you know what? You, of course Muhammad was wicked. Of course Gandhi was wicked. Brother Keegan's wicked. We're sinners. You're, you're, not, you're not the son of God. You're not God manifesting the flesh. You're not going to be good. We're all unclean. And to try to take a man and lift him up in some religious status, you're just bringing down his fall. But Jesus Christ was not like that. The Bible says Jesus Christ was doing good. He was a good man. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Not only was this a good man, he had the power, and not only the power to do great things, he had the power over supernatural things. He not only was the king of this world and doing good in this world, he had power to do good outside of this world with the supernatural things that no man can see, no man's eyes have seen, the devils and the demons and the unclean spirits. Jesus Christ had power over them. So I'm, I, what I'm trying to show you is Jesus, that God is bringing you to this tree that has a man hanging on it that's very special. He's not only a Jew, he's not only a good man, he's not only the son of God. He's got power and he's got power over the demons and the devils. Man, he's, he's something special. And God says, I want you to see this tree. Amen. And the Bible says the Lord showed him a tree. And this tree has a man hanging on it. And he's very, very special. Special. Verse 39, and we are witnesses, all things which he had did both in land of the Jews 
and Jerusalem. Peter says, we saw all this take place. There was a lot of witnesses to Jesus Christ's goodness. But at the end of verse 39, it says, Whom they slew and hanged on a tree. This special tree that you're looking at is a, nothing special about it. It's what's on the tree that makes the tree special. Uh, this tree has got no leaves. This tree has been be- beat up and cut up and been made to look like a cross. This tree has no fruit hanging on it. All this tree has on it is a man. It just happens to be a very, very special man. So the question might come to your mind is, why in the world would God, the creator of the universe, have us, anybody in the world, want to come up and look at a tree with a man hanging on it? Yeah, he's a special man. Oh, yeah, he's real special. But why would God want me to come look at this? Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Let's investigate. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Let's figure out why God would want us to come look at this tree. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Let's look at the reason why God would have anybody in the world to come look at this tree that has this man hanging on it. It's a weird thing. There's been thousands of men crucified. There's been thousands of men hung on a tree. Boy, you think of Texas and the history of Texas. Think about all the men that were hung out of trees. That were horse thieves and murderers and rapists that they just hung from a tree. Think about that. There's a lot, there's been literally hundreds of thousands of men hung from a tree, but God doesn't want them looked at. God says there's one tree that has one man hang on it. I want to show you that tree. And that tree is going to make the bitter water sweet. Amen. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. He said, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That's the truth. Any man you know of has been hung from a tree. If if it's Texas outlaw history where you have men that have been murderers, rapers, thieves, when they're hanging on a tree, you see a man hanging on a rope from a tree, that man is cursed. If you're sitting on a cross of Calvary, if you're sitting on any kind of cross and you've been crucified, you're cursed. And God wants you to come up and look at them and say, Hey, look, this man is hanging. He's cursed. And he wants you to know some simple fact that you are cursed. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. He wants you to know that you are cursed. The reason he brings you up to this tree to show you this very special man, he wants you to realize you're under a law and you're cursed, my friend. You're under a law and you are cursed. You've got to keep a law that you can't keep. So many people like to say, well, if, uh, I can keep the Ten Commandments. I've never murdered anybody. I've never cheated on my wife. Well, Jesus Christ showing you that you can't keep the Ten Commandments. There's no way. You can't keep the Ten Commandments. And if you've broken one commandment, you've broken them all according to the Bible. And that's what's going to send you to hell. You're cursed trying to keep that law. There were men that were so self-righteous. And I'm, I'm riding with one right now at work. They're so self-righteous. and he, You try to witness to them, they say, uh, you know, we're riding around and he's looking and he's looking at these women. We're going down the road and there's a woman on the road that's walking. It's a good-looking woman. And he'll look over at it and, and he'll say, you know, my, I, I tell my wife I like to window shop. I just like to window shop. And I looked at him and I said, well... 
The problem with that is when you're window shopping, sometimes they have a sidewalk sale. Some of y'all men know what I'm saying. You might be looking at the window, but sometimes they come on out there and try to sell you the goods on the sidewalk. That's when you get yourself into trouble. And he turned to me and he said, yeah. He laughed a little bit and he says, you give me some of that pastor talk. You're talking to me like, that's some of that pastor talk. I said, no, that's some of that Jesus Christ talk. I said, you know what Jesus Christ said? Because there were men like you that were walking around at his time that said, you know, I've never committed adultery with a woman. I've lusted after her. And, man, if I could ever, but I've never touched her. I'm clean. And Jesus Christ said, if you've lusted after her in your heart, you've committed adultery with her already. Jesus Christ straightened them out. They didn't like that. That's why they wanted to kill Jesus Christ. I'm lucky that guy don't want to kill me. That's right with me. But that's the truth. That's the Bible. You see, you can't keep it. You can't keep this law and you're cursed. And God wants you to know, everybody, come to this tree and look at this tree. That man hanging on the tree, he's hanging for you because you're cursed. And he's hanging because you're cursed. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. That's supposed to be you on that tree. But it's not. That's the best man you're ever going to know hanging on that tree because of you. Cursed, cursed, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. God doesn't just want you to know that you're cursed. God wants you to know that the curse of the law has been broken. There's some good news about this. God's not just bringing you to this tree to show you all bad news. Yeah, there's some bad news. You are cursed, but the good news is he's took the curse for you. That man hanging right there, that righteous, good man, the Son of God, that Jew that's hanging on that tree, he's taking the curse off of you. So you no longer have to be under the curse of the law. You can be under the blessedness of grace. (laughs) And that's what everybody wants is grace. Everybody wants grace. I don't care if you're the worst criminal in the world. When you show up at the judge and the judge is about to convict you, you're hoping the judge will show you some grace. Man, there's not a person that's sleeping in a prison cell tonight or to this morning that's about to go before a judge that doesn't pray, that, that doesn't dream that they'll just walk up there and the judge says, you know what, I think you're a pretty good old boy and just drop the gavel, just get on out of here. That's what God wants to do for you. Amen. He wants to do something like that for you, something really wonderful and show you a lot of grace and it's going to come through that man that's hanging on a tree. Amen. And he wants to show you that tree because that's where it's all taking place It wasn't taking place when he was healing the poor. It wasn't taking place when that man was showing his power on the sea and raising the dead. It wasn't being shown right there. God doesn't want you to see that. Oh, that's wonderful. But God wants to show you one thing, and he wants to show you that tree, and it's a man hanging on that tree because that's where it takes place. It wasn't enough for Jesus to come around and start healing the poor. It wasn't enough of that. He could have done all that and looked at his disciples and said, Okay, boys, I've shown you how to live it. Good luck. And whoop, went up into heaven. And we would all have went whoop right down into hell. Because we can't live it. And he knows we can't live it. I must needs go to the cross. He had to go and die and be that curse on that tree for me and you. And God wants to show you that tree. Look at... Peter, 
Look at Peter. Look at 2 Peter. No, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 2. Excuse me. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's look at another reason why God's trying to show you this tree. He's got a reason. He's got a reason to show you this special man hanging on the tree. He's not just bringing you to show you this gruesome side of a man hanging on a tree. Because it's pretty gruesome. This isn't something anybody wants to see. Not only is this man hanging there, he's hanging there whipped. He's hanging there bleeding. He's hanging there crying out. He's hanging there, tears rolling down his cheeks. He's hanging there in agony. This is a very special, good, powerful man that's dying. And God says, I want you to see that. I want you to see that. The Bible says the Lord showed him a tree. Moses, look at this tree. You know those bitter waters? This, this tree right here is going to make them sweet. He wants to show you a tree. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Excuse me. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. God wants to show you this tree. Why would God want to show us this tree? Look at verse 24. Who his own self, talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. The other reason God wants to show you this tree, He wants to show you that you are a sinner. You're a sinner. You've got sins. You're not only cursed under this law, because of this law, you're a sinner and you've got sins. And He's bringing you up to show you what a sinner looks like. That's a sinner right there. And He's hanging on a tree. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. All those sins you've committed, all those sins you're going to commit, God wants to show you that tree. He says, that's where they're hanging right there. Amen. They're right there on that man. He's bearing your sins. Every time you lie, you're putting a whip on his back. Every time you speak evil to somebody, every time you sin, you're doing that to that man hanging on that tree right there. That good man, that righteous man, the man that did nothing wrong, that didn't deserve anything he got, Amen. you're doing that to him. Brother Packer, when he got sent over to the Korean War, he was on that train and he said they gave him a little Bible and he was reading his Bible on there and he got to reading about Jesus Christ and he said he got to breaking down and crying and he said he got tears just rolling down his cheeks as he read the story of Jesus Christ. He said, how could they be so mean to such a good man? How could they? Because we live in the world. And the world's wicked. And the world loves to destroy good people. And God wants to show you that's a good man hanging on that tree. And he's hanging on that tree because of me and you. Our sins. And our sins that we're going to commit tomorrow, guys. Those sins you're going to commit today, that put Jesus Christ on that tree. I know I've said this a hundred times, but I really believe it. If you were at the crucifixion and you were there with Pilate and Pilate's yelling out, I don't want to crucify Jesus Christ. And our Lord and Savior would be there and they're yelling out, crucify Him, crucify Him. And I read that in my Bible and I think, man, how horrible of them to yell out, to crucify such an innocent man. But with what you know about what God needs to do to get you saved, you would have to say, crucify Him. Crucify Him. You would have to Say the same words. Because you know if they don't crucify that man, you're not going to heaven. You're a sinner. 
you would have to say crucify him. God wants to show you that. God wants to show you that you're a sinner and you're doomed and down to a devil's hell without that man hanging on that tree. You need that good man to hang on that tree. He wants you to see it. Look at Corinthians. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me show you one more. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God wants to show you a tree. He wants to show the whole world a tree. Oh man, He wants to show the whole world a tree. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. Man, what's so special about this tree? It's not the tree, it's the man hanging on the tree. And what God's doing at that time in history when that man's hanging on a tree is changing the whole world. Man, when Jesus Christ hangs that man on that tree, it changes the whole world. There's a day of grace that begins where a man, a sinner like me, like a rotten sinner like Brother Keegan can come to that tree and get saved. And God says, I want you to see this tree, Keegan. I want you to see that man that's hanging on that tree. And I want you to know this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he, talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the man hanging on the tree, for he hath made him to be sin for us. Amen. Who knew no sin. This man was innocent. He knew no sin. He wasn't like me and you. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. See, but he was made sin on that cross. And when God shows you that tree, He brings you up there and He shows you that tree, He says, see, there's a curse being put on that tree. That's your curse. There's some sins being put on that man and that's your sins. He's becoming sin. And what God's trying to show you by having you look at this man on the tree is, He's trying to show you, this is sin. It's bloody. It's death. There's a man dying up there. There's a man that's dead up there. Sin is death. The wages of sin is death. He wants you to see that. That's not just a sinner up there. That's sin itself hanging up on that pole. Hanging up on that tree. Jesus Christ said like the serpent was on the pole. That's sin up there. That's a serpent. That's a snake. That's the devil. That's all of your wickedness. It's hanging right there. And God says, I want you to look at that. That's what it looks like. And that's what the payment for sin is. The payment of sin is that right there. It's a man crucified. It's a man bleeding. It's a man crying. It's a man crying out to God that's forsaken. Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? There's wickedness going on up there at that tree. And it's because of me and you. And God wants you to see that. The world tries to gloss it over. The world tries to take sin and gloss it over. You turn on the TV and every one of those beer commercials shows the best looking guy they can find, the best looking woman they can find out there playing beach volleyball, you know, looking like they're just a million bucks. They never show them with the big beer gut, do they? And they never show them sitting over the toilet. The next morning. They never show that. They gloss it all. They never show the man walking home sobbing, drunk and slapping his wife and beating his kids and doing some of the most wicked things in the middle of the night to his kids. They never show it. They gloss it over. God says, come to this tree. I'm going to show you what sin does. I'm going to show you what sin is. This old world, we're so stupid. And we just lap it up like dogs. I was watching a movie called The Judge. 
the story is about this man. It's a judge, and he has a young son that's played by Robert Downey Jr., and the judge is played by Robert Duvall, and the, the son and dad don't get along, and the whole movie's about them reconciling. And during the movie, the dad, the judge, he gets cancer, and he's going to die. And, of course, everything works out in the end. It's Hollywood. Everything works out in the end, and at the end of the movie, this, this judge, Robert Duvall, is dying of cancer, and he's sitting on the boat, and they're both fishing at the end of the movie, and Robert Downey Jr. is talking to his dad, and Robert Duvall, who's dying of cancer, is talking to his son, and, and Robert Downey Jr., they're out on the boat. It's a beautiful scene, and Robert Downey Jr. turns, and his dad has closed his eyes and gone and died. I remember watching that movie. Lie! <laughs> full of lies. I've seen somebody die of cancer. They don't sit on a boat fishing and go, oh. No, they don't. I've seen people die of cancer. It's nasty. It's horrible. It's terrible. It isn't sitting on a fishing boat talking to your son and, and just him look over there and go, oh, oh, dad, I, oh, you've gone on. You've died. That's not cancer. But that's how they want to portray sin, too. They want to fool you. They want to lie to you. They want to make you, convince you that nothing's going to happen. They just gloss it over. And God says, come here, I want to show you a tree. This is sin. And this is the curse that's been put on you. And you're a sinner. And this is the cost of your sin right here. This man dying on the cross. Crying out in pain and agony. That's sin. God wants to show you a tree. Look back at Acts. Let's finish this up. Let's look back at Acts. Let's look at a little bit more of this. Something else God wants to show you about this tree. Boy, I love my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But I sure don't, I sure don't appreciate what He did for me. I think I do. I say, oh, I, I thank you, Lord. And we try to take the Lord's Supper and we try to drink the, the grape juice for blood. We try to eat the bread for the, for the body and we try to appreciate the sacrifice the Lord did for us. But we do not appreciate it. We don't. I really don't think we do. I know I don't. I can't appreciate the pain and the agony and the suffering. They say that's the worst way to die is to be crucified. And God wants to show you that. Look back at Acts chapter 10 uh, Look at verse, uh, verse 39 says that they slew and hanged him on a tree. But there's something else about this tree God wants you to see today. And I want to show you something about this tree before we get out of here. There's something else about this tree that God wants to show you today. Look at verse 40. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. You know something else about this tree? Today, that tree is empty. The Lord goes and shows you this tree and He says, see that tree? There's a man dying on that tree. That's your sin. That's your curse. That's what sin does. But that man's in the ground. That man's dead. That man's buried. That man is risen again. He's come up on the third day. That cross is empty. Some of the Catholics walk around with the cross and they still have Jesus Christ on that cross. Jesus Christ is way gone off that cross. He's off that cross in the ground and up out of the grave. He's up in heaven. And He's only, not only raised off of that tree, He's not only raised, it's a spiritual, not only a spiritual, but a physical resurrection. Look at verse 41. No, not to all the people, but unto witnesses 
Chosen before of God. We've seen him. He's saying, we've seen these, this guy raised from the dead. Even unto us, Peter says, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. He said, this wasn't just a spiritual resurrection. Well, this guy has a spirit body like the Jehovah's Witness teacher. Some of these other idiots teach that Jesus just came up and he's like a little ghost. No, it's a physical resurrection. You can't find his bones. He's walking around and he says, hey, Peter, give me something to drink. Hey, John, give me something to eat. He's eating and drinking with them. That's our Lord and Savior. It's a physical bodily resurrection. It's the kind of resurrection that he can walk in those back doors right now. And you can touch him. And he can touch you. He's not on that tree anymore, God says. He's off that tree. And there's something else you need to know about him. Verse 42, and he commanded us. Peter says, this Jesus commanded us to preach unto the people. And that's what I'm trying to do this morning. And to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. This man that was hanging on this tree, this man that paid for your sins, this man that did it all and showed you what sin was, he's buried, he arose again, he's a king of kings, but now let me tell you something, he's a judge to everybody. That man, that special man that was hanging on that tree, he is going to be your judge if you receive him or not. Look at the next verse. To him, to him, talking about Jesus, give all the prophets witness that through his name, the name of Jesus Christ, whosoever, whosoever, what a beautiful word, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sin. The last thing God's trying to show you about this tree is, He says, there's sin hanging on that tree. There's the curse of the law hanging. There's a very special man hanging on that tree. He's dying for you. And if you'll believe on Him, you'll be saved. Amen. See, that's the good news. See, the bad news is, man, it is a good man dying. The bad news is, that is a curse. That is sin. And you're the cause of it. That's all bad news. But God says, I got some good news. If you'll believe on that name, you'll have forgiveness of sins. Amen. Man, that's a good news. That's a tree that makes the bitter water sweet. Amen. See, when you come to Jesus Christ and Him hanging on the cross of Calvary, you come to Jesus Christ with all your bitterness. I tell you, my friend, if you'll get down with all your bitterness, you'll get up and you'll leave with sweetness. That's a testimony of Christians for 2,000 years. They show up to the cross of Calvary. They show up to this old rugged tree. And they see a man hanging there. And they see him bleeding. And they bring all their bitterness. But when they get there, they leave with all the sweetness. Because the Lord showed them a tree. A special tree. And it's the special tree of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross of Calvary. Man, how blessed are we. That somebody showed us this tree. That's our job. To show the world, hey, I've got a tree I want to show you. It's a special tree. It's a cross of Calvary. You know, uh, I want to show you one last set of verses. I think it will be a blessing to you if you're in here this morning and you're saved and know Jesus Christ. Turn to Song of Solomon chapter 2 and then we'll close here, I promise. Song of Solomon chapter 2. I'm going to show you something about living under this tree. See, I'm living, in the, I'm living in the shadow of the cross of Calvary. I'm coming and I'm living 
under the cross of Calvary. I'm living under the shadow. And there's a real blessing to that. Look at Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Look at verse 1. Now, the Song of Solomon is a special book. It's a love poem. It's beautiful. And it's a, it's a type, an alt, it's a type of King Jesus, that man that was hanging on that tree. It's a type of him and the love he has for his bride, which is anybody who received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And it goes back and forth and talks about the love that the king has for his bride and the love the bride has for her king and for her lover. Look at verse 1 of chapter 2. It says of Jesus Christ of this king, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Ooh, now you know where we get the song. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He is the lily of the valley. See, when you come to this tree, and you come to him as he's hanging on that tree, he becomes a rose of Sharon to you. He becomes a lily of the valley. He becomes, he becomes very, very beautiful to you. He becomes somebody you fall deeply in love with. Yes, you do. Amen. When you come and see that this man, this good man, has died for me, and he's hanging on that tree for me, it makes me fall in love with him. And all that blood, all that gore, all that nastiness, all that death hanging on that tree, it becomes a rose of Sharon. It's, it doesn't make sense to anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ. That, that, that become, he becomes a lily of a valley to me. Look, look, at, look at verse 2. As a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. There's a bunch of thorns you're living with, but he's a lily. That love is like a lily. Now look at verse 3. In closing, as the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. And this is the, this is the, the, uh, the wife, this is the bride talking about her, her husband, about her king. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat under his shadow with great delight. Friends, I sat under the cross with great delight. That's all of God's love being shown to me. And I sit under there with great delight. And it's a shadow of the cross. With great delight. And his fruit, the fruit of Jesus Christ, was sweet to my taste. It makes those bitter waters sweet. All that fruit that Jesus Christ produces out of me is so sweet. It is sweet. See, now that I've come to that tree that has Jesus Christ hanging on it, now Jesus Christ, and I believed on Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Now Jesus Christ is living in me. He's producing fruit out of me. And I'm telling you guys, that fruit is so sweet. Amen. And it's not only sweet to me, it's sweet to my wife. Because I'm a better man. Yeah. It's sweet to my kids because I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. It's sweet to my friends because I'm a better friend. Because that fruit that Jesus Christ is producing out of me, if it's coming from Jesus Christ, it's very, very sweet. And it's not coming from Keegan, it's coming from Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, it's sweet. It's sweet to my taste. Now notice in verse 4, I want to finish by showing you this. The king, the man hanging on that tree, he brought me to the banqueting house. Marriage feast of the Lamb. He's going to take you to a feast, guys. And look what the Bible says. And his banner... Over me was love. Amen. Praise God. 
That man, that very special man hanging on that tree that God wants to show you, he loves you. And he wants to wave a banner of love over you. That's real love. How much does he love you? He loves you enough to die for you. You know, at home I got a, got a cross. I don't have hardly any crosses at the house, but I got this one cross that one year Keegan, my son Keegan, he built this cross, and it's, it's real simple. It's, he took a couple of two-by-fours, and he's cut it up, and his granddad helped him build it, just a couple of two-by-fours. He's cut these two and made a cross out of them, and he's nailed them together. It's real, real simple, guys. It's crude. It's really, really crude. And he's took some black paint of some kind, and he wrote on that cross, he put, I love you, Dad. I love you, Dad. And I see that cross. That cross is very, very special to me. Amen. And I have it in my room, and I have it there where I can see it because that's my son's banner of love to me. Amen. It shows he loves me. It's a banner to me. And I want to wave it up. I want to say, see, my son, he loves me. God loves you like that. Amen. God's got a banner, and he's waving it over your head. And he says, you know what? I love him. <laughs> I love them. It's not a banner of hate. It's not a banner of condemnation. It's a banner of love. It's not a banner of the law. It's a banner of love. I love this person. The Lord wants to show you a tree. And man, it's the best tree he could show you. It's a tree of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Father, thank you for your words. It don't matter if it's in Exodus, if it's in Song of Solomon or... Galatians, Lord, it shows your love for us. Father, and I know that love is only found at that tree with your son hanging on it. And Lord, I know outside of that tree there is no love out there, Lord. And Father, we thank you that you love the world so much that you gave your son on that tree. And Father, help us to respect you and respect that tree and honor you and honor what you did for us, Lord. But, Father, we want to thank you so much, Father, that somebody had the guts to tell us about that tree and about what was happening on that tree and how special that tree is to us. Lord, thank you for making the bitter water sweet through that tree. And, Lord, thank you so much simply for Jesus Christ and the love he has for us. And if there's somebody in the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ, never experienced this love, they don't know about the cross, they've heard about it, Lord, but they've never come and believed, Lord God, I pray that when we give the invitation, they'll come on down and get saved. And Lord, we want to thank you. Thanks for giving us the health to be able to get up this morning and come on into your house. We thank you again for that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's have an invitation. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care 
upon him.